survey says 76% of San Francisco voters say the city is on the wrong track. Yeah. Huh. Weird, right? No. (laughs) We have been doing podcast after podcast after podcast that has indicated, hmm, Things may be slightly amiss in San Francisco. We focus a lot on business here on News for Reasonable People because I happen to be a business guy, real estate brokerage, a uh, real appraisal company. I tend to look at things from that you know business lens. And man, the amount of store closures in San Fran has been epic. I've had a, a chance to talk with my my good friend over in um, in Australia, and and he he. You know, I I told him, hey, you know, I had a big run of podcasts talking about all these stores, these wildly successful stores that are shutting down in San Francisco because the criminal activity is such that they basically don't want to have a presence there. And he said, oh, yeah, I've been following that. I mean, we've all been following the Walmarts just closing down left and right. So even though we know all that stuff is going on. And 76% of the San Francisco voters say it's on the rock track. What are they going to do to make it better? What legislation are they going to enact? Yeah, let's see what the article says. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Here we go. In the three months since Mayor London Breed released her roadmap for downtown San Francisco's recovery, the barrage of negative headlines about the city's central business district has continued. That's not good. Well, we got this roadmap. We just need to follow it. Hey, we're following it, but it's not taking us to the promised land. So many of these storylines talk about leadership and what they're going to do to make it better. But until you really start to drop the hammer on criminal activity, till you start to throw some people in jail and keep them there, you know, till you start to address, maybe uh, decriminalize just a little bit too much of the drugs. You decriminalize shoplifting a little too much. Till you start to address some of those issues, there's no roadmap that's going to lead you to, you know, the promised land of public safety. It ain't happening. It's just something that you're talking about. And that's what we see. I, I just got through podcasting about how the exchange between um, City of Portland, Mayor Ted, and REI's management, because they closed down the REI store in Portland, which is a massive blow. Because there are few cities in the, in the United States that are more conducive to an REI selling outdoor goods, right? I mean, Portland's got biking, you got water sports, you got mountaineering, you've got backpacking, you've got camping, you know, you name it, you got it in Portland, right? I mean, it's just ideal. But REI is like, it's not safe here. We're out of here. And Mayor Ted of Portland is like, well, what can we do to make this work for you? Uh, nothing. Well, we'll talk about returning down the road if the situation becomes a little, just a scooch more safe. So, you know, companies are coming right out and saying, hey, things are not good here. And this is the issues. These are the issues we're seeing. And no amount of short, small fix is going to fix them. Seattle suffers with the same damn thing, right? You've got these known criminal areas where everybody knows that's where you go to score drugs. That's where you go to score stolen goods. And, you know, we can only put so many police on these areas 
And then, you know, they got to pull him off and then the whole situation just goes back to what it was before. So short of just doing a massive arrest a whole bunch of folks and take them off the streets, I don't see much of, a, of anything short term that's going to make this situation turn around. So downtown has been dealing with an interconnected mix of issues, including high office vacancy rates. We have talked about that till we are blue in the face. Due to remote work, a growing number of small business closures because of a lack of foot traffic, as well as problems around street conditions and homelessness. So, you know, a city like San Francisco, with the way the pandemic was handled, which was ah, just sheer, go into sheer panic, have everybody work from home. Oh, so they can, now we've recognized that they can work from home. Oh, and now you want them to bring them back to the office because of productivity? You know, which one is it? You convinced us for a number of years there. All you CEOs out there convinced us this is a, this is a viable situation. We can make this happen. You know, going back to the office is never going to be the same. And it's not even here in Amazon. I was joking with my, my good friend, um, who works at Amazon. And I'm like, are you going to join the walkout? Are you going to join the strike? They need a thousand people at the Seattle offices and they're going to walk out. They're going to protest going back to work. That was one of the, the issues. They're always protesting over something. Yeah, a bunch of kids, right? Just a bunch of kids. Cause yeah, unless it's a major labor issue, kids are just going to, they're going to protest on anything. Ah, stick it to the man, right? So public opinion polling has shown that San Francisco residents are increasingly fed up with the state of the city, in particular, the sorry state of downtown. So we've got this perfect set of circumstances, and it's not just San Fran, right? It's every major downtown city is struggling because we shut the entire country down. Well, except for like Florida, huh? And, and they seem to be doing pretty good. Weird, right? That's crazy. Crazy talk. No, no, just leave your state wide open. Just follow logic, follow the numbers, yeah, get people out of the way from the pandemic that it could kill, that it could take them out. Let everybody else just kind of work it out. Wear your mask. Don't wear your mask. Keep open the restaurants. Keep an open the stores. Huh. That's worked out pretty good. Well, not for the other cities, which basically just shut everything down, emptied out their downtowns, saw homelessness just explode, saw crime explode. Now we're seeing drugs explode, reorganized retail theft, all that stuff explode. Here we are. This is what we got. 76% of the residents. I don't think things are headed in the right direction. So, uh, th so we're talking about in particular the sorry state of downtown. So you've got multiple reasons why the downtown cores have just been hammered on. And one of my theories is that, you know, you're going to have a massive drop in property values because property values on downtown commercial projects are based on income. You capitalize an income stream, right? You take a multiplier and multiply it by the number of the, the amount of rent or you divide it, whatever kind of multiplier you want to use. And, um, you know, measure that you want to use, you, you know, extract it from the marketplace based on comparable sales of similar properties. And you go down that road. Well, if you have less income and that's what you're using to determine value, give you a hint. Less is not more in this case, you know, 
Living on Less and Liking It More. That was a book that as a child, I always thought was a wildly entertaining title. My mom read it. She was always into kind of minimizing lifestyle of cutting things down because she's Australian. And I think she saw the American way and probably thought, this is really overdone. God, these guys are overdoing it. Plus it was the seventies and, you know, some hippy dippy stuff in there, but it's all good. So you got downtown, which prior to the pandemic helped generate nearly half of the city's sales tax revenue and virtually all of its business tax revenue, because that's where businesses are supposed to be. And now you got a situation where these big towns with these knuckleheaded Democrat run leaders are saying, Hey, maybe we could convert that office tower into residential housing. Think that through knucklehead. That's not going to work. There's a lot of reasons and it doesn't take much of a Google search to figure that out. I want to see that. I, I want to see that get enacted in like, uh, say Chicago. Let's just see how that goes. All right. That's not working out. Huh. Weird. So according to newly released numbers from the annual City Beat poll from EMC Research, sponsored by the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce, 76% of San Francisco voters say the city is heading down the wrong track compared with 20% who say it's going in the right direction. Okay, I want to see that 20%. Honestly, I, I want to see your face. I want to see your eyes as you tell me that San Francisco is going down the right track. Go to the Tenderloin, walk around, see what that looks like, right? Maybe interview some businesses, see what that looks like. Hey, how about you interview the employees at Whole Foods that, um, yeah, are out of work? How about the Safeway? couple of blocks off of Fisherman Wharf. How about that? How about the Nordstrom employees? How do you think they feel? Are they going to have to move to a different store? The Nordstrom Rack, they're gone. Anthropology, gone. The Gap, you know, and a bunch of these stores are because of the whole retail apocalypse. But to say that San Fran- downtown San Francisco is uh, 20% of you say it's going on in the right direction, well, you need your head checked. Because that is not where this is heading, right? The, 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 the stats don't lie, right? Kind of like the hips don't lie. You know, the stats don't lie. And that's what I try and talk about here a lot is not stuff that is just my opinion or I am talking about this. He said, they said, they said. I'm talking about store closures. I'm talking about statistics. I am talking about vacancy rates. You know, some really boring stuff typically, but it's the stuff behind it that I find so interesting and so fascinating from a study business. And all right, if you treat a community like crap, as far as business community goes, they tend to leave because they've got options. Huh. And yet these cities that are run this way, they don't seem to quite get that because most of their leadership has never run a business in their life. They've never run a business for one day. And you know what? That's okay. You're going to lose businesses left and right. And you're going to lose your tax base. And, you know, welcome to the Detroitification of Portland. Welcome to the Detroitification of San Francisco. Now, what San Francisco and Portland and Seattle have going in their favor that a Detroit didn't is yeah, you had that whole automotive industry, steel industry, shipping the jobs off, you know, away from America, away from U.S. soil. You had that whole thing, you know, take place at a time where where Detroit just kind of didn't really recognize all that happening. And ah, it'll probably get better. And they took a real soft stance on crime. Look at Detroit now. Look at it go now, right? It's only got one way to go, and that's up because it fell so far 
you know, to the bottom of the barrel, right? So to, to counter the narrative, the city is sitting on its hands. The mayor provided a quarterly update on how the city aims to steer downtown toward a broader economic recovery. But as officials head into a budget season highlighted by a $780 million deficit over the next two years, it's clear that the fight to fully fund these programs will be contentious. You're going to have to cut a lot of programs. Meanwhile, people like Cory Bush are saying, yeah, reparations, we need $14 trillion. Oh, okay. Uh, really? Okay. $1.3 million per qualifying person in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Uh, that's billions and billions of dollars. And we've already got a $780 billion or million dollar deficit. Hmm. Yeah. Where's all that money going to come from? Yeah, it's not. That's going nowhere, going nowhere because, you know, all the lost tax revenue from all these companies keeping their employees at home. And even the most aggressive of companies, like say an Amazon here in Seattle, I talk about Amazon a lot because it's from Seattle and started in a garage in Seattle, just like a bunch of other, you know, Microsoft, a bunch of other, you know, Starbucks. Seattle's always got that innovation thing going on, right? A bunch of tech bros sitting around getting all hopped up on coffee and just banging out some code and creating some massive worldwide companies, right? So we have to get uncomfortable with making those investments and getting to a better place, Breed said at the AI Forward Conference on Monday. We have to get uncomfortable with making those investments and getting to a better place. How about how about just taking a little bit of a harder stance on criminal activity, throwing those people in jail, getting rid of your worthless district attorney? I don't know. Just throwing out some ideas. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. Breed's own political future is likely tied to residents' perceptions of the city. And she came on based on looking at all the criminal activity and saying, hey, I'm going to be more of a moderate. I'm going to have a little bit more of a moderate stance here. and I'm going to go after some of the shenanigans going on. Now, unfortunately, she kind of stepped right in the middle of it because a lot of the circumstances that were ongoing while she was campaigning that had been ongoing for previous mayor, you know, they continued and they continued and then some, right? So a recently released poll of 300 San Francisco voters sponsored by the San Francisco Deputy Sheriff's Association found a majority of respondents disapproved of the job she's doing as mayor and said she shouldn't be reelected. Okay, these are people that responded to cops. All right, so they are already pro. But, okay, majority respondents, that's that's not, that's not, that's not shocking. It's not shocking. So, you know, what What I find really interesting is that everybody agrees, ah, things aren't headed in the right direction. And then when these issues come up at the poll, at the, um, you know, voting time, they just keep voting the same way, bringing in the same people. It's like, well... You get what you pay for. You want to go down that road. All right. You've already been there. You're there now. Your tax revenue is dropping. And, you know, going back to Amazon, even Amazon is only going to be back in the office three days a week. So you got two days a week. You got 40% of your workforce. Folks aren't in the downtown. That's going to have a huge hit on the downtown core, because you just don't have those folks walking around. Mondays and Fridays now are basically optional work days in Seattle. I think a lot of other companies have just said, yeah, if you want to do work from home forever, go for it, because we ain't paying rent, and we're okay with that. So it's not like this is 
you know, just one downtown. It's San Francisco and basically every other downtown that's out there, but especially ones that are heavy on tech. It's because that, you know, the tech bros literally sit at their computers and bang stuff out. You go to any Starbucks here in, in Seattle and you've got just a boatload of people on laptops just doing their work day, just caffeinating up and just, you know, punching out code, whatever it is they're doing. Who knows what they're doing? Who knows what people are doing in Seattle, right? And they got three, three work days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Who would have seen that coming? Ah, work from home the rest of the week. It's all good. So public safety, the number of people who named crime as a major issue ballooned from 26% in 2020 to 60% in 2023. The, the wild majority. While a vast majority, 91% of voters agreed that a thriving downtown is critical to the city's economy, only 64% said they feel safe visiting the area during the day, and a mere 30% said the same at night. All right, again, I want to see that 30%. I want to run you through downtown San Fran at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and just see how it goes. No, no, you got to run. You got to run down that alley. I mean, walk if you want, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend walking. You're going to want to scoot your way down there and get to safety because, oh, yeah, you're in an alley in San Fran at night in the tenderloin. So good luck with that. 30%. I want to see that 30% make that jog. All right. Yeah. You might want to do a little cardio before we think about doing this again. Cause you know, you can get through there faster if you weigh less. Just saying part of breeds answer to those concerns has been a boost in fine in funding for police officers. All right. She has gone down that road, right? She spearheaded a $25 million supplemental to increase the budget for police overtime over the objections of some supervisors. You've got supervisors in San Francisco that are just flat stupid, but they got voted in because the people who voted on men are stupid. Yeah, it's yeah, stupid is as stupid was, whatever that sailing saying is. But the issue is uh, when you're doing massive overtime for your police, you're basically already taking a workforce that's worked to the tilt and pressing them a little harder. So you can't really rely upon that. But short of hiring a whole bunch of cops, it's kind of the best you can do, right? All right, we're going to work through this on uh, overtime. Everybody's working overtime. All those vacays you guys were talking about, vacations, no can do. You need to work. I, I, I'm going to need you to really put your heart and soul into public safety, even though just a couple of years ago, I know we said defund the police and, you know, we had a bunch of lunatics running around saying stuff like take to the streets, F the police, no justice, no peace. I know, I know they were doing that out there. Ignore all that and just forget about all that. You know, we need you to work some overtime because things ain't going well here on hiring nor are they going well on safety. So yeah, could you help us out? Breed also introduced the extension of contracts with controversial nonprofit Urban Alchemy to deploy additional ambassadors for the Tenderloin and mid-market neighborhoods and with Block by Block for its welcome ambassador program and tourist hotspots. You're trying to jerry-rig public safety. You're trying to jerry-rig this thing. Urban Alchemy, that's who is um, – is doing all of Portland's homeless stuff, a company from California, I think from San Francisco. 
And they hire largely uh, former drug addicts, and they hire for largely uh, former convicts, people with criminal records, people out on parole, because they feel that those folks are going to be able to address the issues of those committing crimes and running the streets and dealing drugs and taking drugs and ODing on drugs. So there's that, right? There's that. Arts and culture, bringing in artists and creatives to the city's downtown core has been regularly positioned as a strategy to make the area more vibrant and attractive. You can't have that until you've got safety squared away in downtown because people won't want to go there, period. It just won't. You can try and add more people in and just, you know, force out, squeeze out the bad influence. I don't think we're at a point where we can do that yet. We're not there yet. Adding more restaurants and bars and entertainment and events downtown all had wide support from voters, according to the City Beat poll. I agree, but you've got to provide an incentive for folks to want to run those entities there. And if it's not safe, it ain't happening. So, you know, trying to just jam more people into the downtown core and hope for the best, you got to make it safe first. You got to get rid of some of the drugs. You're never going to get rid of all of it. You can get rid of some of it. You can take a hard approach on some of it. And that's where we need to go. Will we get there? Probably not. Probably not. So expect to see more and more of this stuff. 99% of the residents of San Francisco do not feel it's headed in the right direction. You know, because, you know, it's probably not. The city has launched its Vacant to Vibrant program in partnership with nonprofit San Francisco New Deal to open up short-term pop-up opportunities downtown in vacant space with a potential pathway toward permanent locations. The first round of applicants is expected to be selected in June. Good luck with that. If seasoned veterans of businesses who have been there one decade, two decades, three decades, sometimes four, sometimes four decades, if they are leaving in droves, why would a pop-up store be able to make it? Why would a pop-up store want to make it? Well, because they're trying to get off the ground, but they're also the most vulnerable. They're the most undercapitalized. They're not going to have any security. You know, bash out their windows and they're one and done, right? Because they're a pop-up store because they're, they're, they're trying to run things on a shoestring, right? Although the city has not yet designed a promised arts, culture, and entertainment zone, a number of new regular downtown events have been launched, including Bang Run Beats Night Market and the Yerba Buena Art and Makers Market. Okay. Ain't going to do it. You got to get back to some public safety basics because nobody is going to want to run a business there if you just keep going down these roads and trying Mickey Mouse stuff in. Ah, I hope you feel safer. You know, it's not happening. Among the ideas laid out in February were cutting red tape for small businesses that move downtown, a three-year tax break for new businesses, a freeze, a tax freeze for retail, hotels, and other sectors, and an overhaul of the city's tax codes. Okay, that, that's all surface stuff, right? That's just surface stuff. You got to get more businesses into downtown, and unless there's more people walking around downtown... It's not going to happen. And the opposite is happening. You've got people coming into San Francisco who haven't been there for a number of years going, holy Toledo, Batman. Things don't look great. You read that story all the time. I get those comments all the time in YouTube and sent to me directly. Hey, friends come in from the Philippines and been here in seven years, San Francisco. And they were shocked. The difference in the last seven years has been catastrophic. 
you know, see those comments. People aren't just making that stuff up. Businesses aren't making up the reasons that they're leaving. This is pretty basic stuff, right? People don't feel safe. They tend to move away from the unsafe influence, right? So Breed introduced new tax legislation along with supervisors Matt Dorsey and Joel and Gardillo to delay some scheduled tax increases and offer new incentives. That is just to stop the bleeding. That's what you're doing there. However, the Board of Supervisors Budget and Appropriations Committee is holding consideration of the measure until the mayor's budget comes up for reviews. Budget is going to be hosed because so much revenue comes from the tax base of downtown commercial, right? Posed housing and development. Ah, now we're going to go, you know, we're going to go down all these roads of we need more affordable housing. We need 82,000 unit goal laid out in San Francisco's housing element. And if you've been following this podcast for a long time, you know how I feel about that. You got to get people into treatment and detox, then put them in the housing. Anything short of that, it's going to go nowhere. We've seen that. We've seen that story before, right? So. We got some new financing methods for mega projects. Okay. Who cares? Wide ranging piece of legislation from breed. Okay. I'm getting bored, right? I'm getting bored. We're talking about just, it's so much nonsense, just nonsense, nonsense. You got to go back to basics. Got to make your street safe again. You got to, you got to hire more cops. It's going to be a long-term process. You got to take a different tactic with the drugs. You got to take a different tactic with the criminal activities, including organized retail theft. I don't see that happening. I just don't. I mean, you know, just being honest with you here. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't see anybody standing up and going, okay, guys, yep, we're putting the band back together. We're getting back to the basics. We're going back to how it was in 1976. Yeah, I, I, I whatever year it is where, you know, public safety was actually you know, a thing. And people did feel safe walking around in downtown San Fran. People did feel safe in walking around downtown Seattle. I have never felt completely safe walking around downtown Seattle. Just because the urban get up, I'm a suburban kid, you know what I mean? And we always went to downtown for the freak show and see what's going on and see if you could buy a fake ID and all good stuff like that. I mean, that's what you do when you're from the burbs, right? You go into the city to have a little fun and maybe mix things up a little bit and do your thing. Um, I've never, never really felt altogether comfortable where, you know, you look up and you're just in a sea of skyscrapers. It's a different, it's a different thing. You know, if you grew up in New York City, wildly different. I didn't. So I never really feel 100% comfortable, but I feel a lot less comfortable as a 54 year old man than I did when I was 18 running around downtown Seattle. Just kind of, and back then, you know, if, if you ran into somebody doing heroin, they were usually pretty strung out and they were just kind of crashed out. Had a lot of that in Seattle back in the day. Remember that whole grunge movement? Yeah. So, um, you know, how many of those guys died from either OD or taking themselves out or, because they're on some kind of antidepressants that take them sideways. Yeah, you got so much of that. Whereas now you got people hopped up on all these crazy drugs and doing crazy things. People tend to not feel safe when you've got to do it on the street corner. This past week, I've had two different incidents where people have told me directly. Well, one, somebody told me directly. And then number two, read about it. People carving off pieces of their own legs. Two different stories, two different cities. Like, carving on it's a thing drugs right it's drugs you got these crazy drugs that make people psychotic till you get that squared away till you get some of the shoplifting squared away till you get public safety in general squared away 
you got nothing. You know, you got all these mayors going down these roads of, well, here's what we're going to do here and here. And here's why we, you know, these companies are leaving. You know, they're just not giving us a fair shake. When in reality, these companies and business owners and residents are literally screaming at public officials, just do something. And it's not happening. So I expect, you know, 76% of San Francisco voters say city is on the wrong track. All right. Okay. What are you going to do about it? That's the next step, right? That's the next. Okay. We've identified there's an issue. Sean's done 5,221 straight podcasts on public safety. We recognize there's an issue. Now, what are you going to do? Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to reimagine. We're going to rethink. We're going to have some discussions. We're going to have some you know, community meetings. We're going to talk about it. We're going to think about it. We're going to look into it. You know, we're going to have some emphasis groups. We're going to have some more talks, thinking, rethinking. That's what seems like it's going on instead of just, hey, go arrest a bunch of people. And I, I, I know that's not a, you know, you can't just go out there and do that. It's not a thing, but you got to do something, right? Or you, or do you? Maybe you don't. Maybe that's, maybe that's the direction San Francisco goes. I think everybody thinks it has to go in the right direction. It doesn't. It doesn't. Look at Detroit. How'd that work out? Not swimmingly, but San Francisco's got different dynamics. And so it'll be super interesting to kind of follow. What way does this map take San Francisco and its residents and its businesses? Stay tuned. So you want to make sure that you're a subscriber and make sure that you have hit that notification bell because I talk about this stuff a lot and you want to get notified when it happens. Also check out reasonabletv.com. That's our private channel. That's where I talk about stuff where, you know, stuff that can't be talked about elsewhere. All right. And on Discord, we're on Discord. We're also on Rumble. We're also on all of the audio podcasts. I never talk about that because you're on YouTube. You can figure it out. You're smart. Thanks for being here. I'll catch up with you soon. Bye for now. (laughs) 